How's it going, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of the Nisian Lifestyle Podcast. Today is the 17th of the 5th, 2019. My name is Ricky Senpai, and welcome back. Today is such a such an awesome day because today is a Friday, and everyone knows there comes a Friday, there will be a Saturday. So I've got the weekend off from work because a lot of times I do end up working on a Saturday, but now I've got the weekend off, and there's so many things to do, not only... Um, streaming wise but also podcasting wise which is why i'm really really excited just before we carry on i want to thank you to all and everyone who were able to come through and check out the podcast um released last night for episode one um last night you guys finally got to know who we were just a little bit more find out a little bit about myself ricky senpai and the rest of the group but i do thank you for you know the amount of support that's been shown lately um a few people have messaged through and told us how much they enjoy the podcast and we can only take heart from those messages because it's because of messages like that and people like you guys who are willing to listen that gives us so much courage to continue with what we love doing and that is to entertain you guys so thank you from the bottom of our hearts so to carry on and to kind of give you guys a brief introduction to how we're going to be formatting these programs and the show is that, you know, I'm just going to have three or four topics that I'm going to briefly talk about and kind of round up at the end um, the week because, man, this week was such a big week, not only in the realms of the nerd kingdom, but also for sports as well. And me being a lover of a lot of things, you know, I'm really excited to talk about a lot of these things in the nerd kingdom and also the sports world. And to get things rolling, I think the best way to start off episode two is to talk about Game of Thrones season eight, episode five. And my, 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 what an episode that was. If you guys didn't already know or didn't already watch it's probably one of the most controversial episodes ever in the Game of Thrones history, only due to the nature of what happened in the show. And before I start dissecting and start talking about Game of Thrones season eight, I'm warning you now, if you have not seen the episode, please, I please, I beg you, go and watch it before you come back and listen to the rest of the podcast, because I will be spoiling this episode a lot. You know, I will be spoiling it a lot. Not only that, I think you get a much better perspective on where I'll be going talking about Game of Thrones season eight because it's such a you know it's such an extreme episode in terms of what the characters do if that makes any sense. So please go and watch it. So to carry on with the topic of the conversation and that is Game of Thrones season eight episode five. Man, I am just blown away. Just blown away because the narrative of our favorite characters like Daenerys Targaryen has just completely flipped. Jamie Lannister's narrative has just completely flipped. Jon Snow has just turned into a crybaby from the looks of it. Arya Stark has taken over and has become pretty much the face of season eight, the Game of Thrones, you know. And I kind of it's kind of take, taking away from what really made the show really great. You know, I make no mistake. I really do love the show. And regardless of, you know, the direction that decides to take, especially the narrative of each character, I still will watch the show. But season eight, the war, you know, I mean, Daenerys Targaryen is probably has to be the biggest shocker, you know, and I know there's a lot of people and I've seen a petition that has garnered over just half a million people who are petitioning for writers D&D to go back and rewrite the season eight because they feel that they have been, you know, justice hasn't been done properly. 
And, you know, season eight was just a bit of a barnstormer, you know, because when I watched it, I kind of, you know, at the mo at that time, I thought it was brilliant. But I, since I had a little bit of time to digest it and rewatch it again, you know, I just realized just how much, you know, the narrative has changed, particularly with one of our favorite characters, the nearest Targaryen, who was supposed to be the breaker of change. You know, she was supposed to be the one who will break the wheel, you know, because she has a really, really hard past because she has a father called Aerys Targaryen who was basically a mad king who burnt, you know, the entire King's Landing with wildfire. And, you know, I we honestly thought, you know, fans honestly thought that she was going to be something death, different because what she wanted to do was that she wanted to create a world where everything was just and be a just ruler, where everything was equal amongst the rich and the poor. But as we can tell, man, she is just as crazy as just as crazy as her dad you know she was flying up on her dragon drogon and just started firing everywhere and you know because if you guys didn't already watch the episode basically the lannister army and the iron fleet led by urion i mean i absolutely hate that guy <laughs> i'm glad that that guy's dead led by urion and also cersei their armies gave up you know they rung the bell it will signal the end of the war and as you know Daenerys flies in on Drogon and she sits on top of a, what looks to be like a castle or whatnot or one of, you know, just somewhere. You kind of think that everything's ending, you know, because Jon Snow and the Unsullied and the Dothraki, you know, are sitting, you know, just waiting at the gate and basically won the war. And they thought it was over because the Lannister guards dropped the sword. And, you know, there was the big twist, you know, Daenerys just gives this ugly look. And she turns around and she flies towards the Red Keep. And what do you know? She just mows down the entire population of King's Landing. And it was kind of like, it was a sickening moment because it would be all right in my eyes if she was mowing down Lannister soldiers. I mean, I'm I'm gonna throw my phone out the window because this is the second time my phone's been annoying me. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a popular guy, if you can tell. But, you know, to see, I would be all right if she was going to mow down the Lannister soldiers and the Iron Fleet, you know, I'll take a little bit more courage from that because she's actually trying to win the war. But as soon as she started going on ahead and she started mowing down innocence, you know, I just, that really, really, really got to me. It was a really sensitive thing to watch because she's mowing down innocent kids, you know, innocent people who don't even know what this war is about, you know? They pretty much burned them and it was, it was really hard to stomach because she had just completely flipped from who she traditionally was and who the fans really, really loved, you know, basically about her, if that makes any sense. So, comes Jamie Lannister as well, you know, I was completely saddened by what Jamie Lannister was doing, you know? And it kind of shows that, you know, he kind of reverted back to who he was, you know, he turned back to just the Jamie Lannister that we all knew, the who really loved her sister and didn't want her sister to die. So to see Cersei go out like that, I was really wanting Cersei being the smartest player of the Game of Thrones there is. I thought that she was going to come up with some brilliant plan where, you know, should fill the entire, you know, Red Keep with wildfire. And if Drogon was to, you know, burn it down, it would kill Daenerys as well. But no, she just... Her sassiness, her political sassiness has just gone out the window, which I think is it's a sad thing about her character because she is such a smart character. And to see her go down that way brought a lot of mixed feelings, you know, an epic, epic part that I really enjoyed the shots were, were you know, the two, the two, the two Clegane brothers, you know, the Clegane bowl, as they call it. 
and you know i kind of expected you know the fight to turn out that way you know i you know my prediction of which game of thrones characters are going to die because that's pretty much the theme of the characters is people just dying in game of thrones is that i predicted that both of them were going to die in a duel and hey what do you know they actually do and i think that that fight there was such a good fight because it's been something that was you know expected from so long ago because they just did not like each other you know and to see kyber and die like that i mean <laughs> poor fella you know and I, I i just didn't expect kyber to die that way you know for his you know just for him he's as sly and smart as a fox and to see him just get thrown across you know the stairs by you know the older clegane it was just you know, horrific because he pretty much busted his head wide open after that and to see Cersei just kind of walk away, you know, and not really, you know, not really think much of it, you know, was kind of just shows the depravity of where the episode was going. And I think that was only one of the, the, I think that was the only fight that I think I thoroughly enjoyed because it had some substance to it because it was built up towards that and it actually happened. Unlike, you know, Daenerys just turning and changing the narrative herself. And there is Arya, you know, and Arya was, you know, I, I was a little bit mixed up of why Arya, you know, was kind of focused on a lot. You know, I would have loved to see more from John's point of view in this episode. I would like to see a little bit more from what John does, you know, because we've been following John for so long, you know, and we thought John's time was going to come where he would kill the Night King with his big Valyrian steel sword. And it didn't end up being him and it ended up being Arya. And then not that Arya is a bad character, you know, she's actually one of the badass characters of House of Stark. But for her to kind of get her own kind of screen time like that, where she could just wander off on her own and she you see everything from her perspective. And I mean, it's it's cool and all, but she she isn't the main character, you know, the main character, you know, and well, and maybe in my eyes and maybe to the millions that watch it is Jon Snow and Daenerys. So it's weird that John didn't really get a scene like that. You know, there were glimpses of him, you know, kind of looking over and looking up, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't capture the raw emotion like Arya's did, you know, and Arya once again cheats death where everyone gets mowed down in the city, just completely destroyed. And she happens to stumble across a white horse. That's just there. That's just there. I mean, how does a white horse, unless it's sent from God, that white horse shouldn't be there untouched, unharmed. So I guess that's, that's uh, maybe it's symbolic in a way, maybe because it's 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 the way D&D intended um, Arya's character to, you know, to carry on through the show. But Arya is pretty much a cheat code, you know, she survived once again after Drogon just mowed down the entire population of King's Landing. But I do appreciate the shots we're getting from Ari. You know, this, those are probably the best shot, one of the best shots in the entire series. You know, the, the thing is, I'm not upset about the production, you know, in terms of what they showed us on screen, you know, the production value, you know, the, the, the you know, the costume, you know, the environment, you know, the sound, you know, the music you know, everything like that was spot on. You know, the Golden Company as well was, you know, they when they marched out, I expected more for them, you know, because they are the Golden Company. They are the elite mercenary soldiers. And then they just get mowed down from the back by Drogon. And what pissed me off is the fact that there were so many spear guns throughout you know the red keep and the entire king's landing and not one of them not one of them could hit drogon when drogon comes out of nowhere and just mows down urion and urion suddenly misses all his shots i mean come on 
the prior episode, Rhaegal just died. Rhaegal just died from Urion, who seemed to be a sharpshooter with their spear gun, and all of a sudden, he just doesn't have a shot anymore. I mean, it's what's not to say that having one dragon is better than two. You know, it should be the other way around, but I mean, maybe because Drogon has finally unleashed his power, but I mean, I just should, I just don't think that this fight should have went this way. I think it should have been on equal footing because it's they're pretty much depleted, but it kind of seems like they weren't depleted at all, and we were led to mis like, you know we were led to misbelieve that they were actually gonna you know they were actually gonna lose the fight. But in all honesty, it turned the other way around. So that's one of the things that I'm really 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 upset about. But I'm trying not to take away from the entirety of the show of the Game of Thrones. You know, I'm trying to kind of see it from where D&D kind of envisioned the show to go towards because there are so many things that I wish they would have, you know, they would have changed so many things that they could have improved on because, you know, season eight is just kind of left for us to kind of, you know, mull over, you know, it's I just wish that they would have they would have just went all in and just gave us the finale that we wanted not so much fan service but kind of just stick to the narrative that we've been going on you're following since season one and i know game of thrones is a show that's known for killing off many characters but maybe have a little bit of substance behind it you know because i feel like that's why a lot of the fans you know you know aren't really you know into it because i know last week's episode was the lowest rated episode in game of thrones history and that's because I think it's because they're comparing it to seasons one through the four. Because season one through the four of Game of Thrones is one of the most marvelous, most beautiful, beautiful, you know, episodes and seasons of any show throughout television history. I mean, that was just almost flawless. Season one through the season four was just wow, was just wow, was just well written television. You know, I really enjoyed it. And I just hope, I just wish that because they've got like a bigger budget maybe they've kind of you know brought on more writers that they could have sat in a room and just planned out season eight properly because the fans deserve it so hopefully going forward i know there is going to be a prequel to game of thrones that's going to be releasing after game of thrones um that's going to be detailing and talking and it's going to be about the lives of the children of the forest and if you guys don't know who the children of the forest is a little history lesson from yours truly children of the forest were the first inhabitants of westeros and they created the night king to defend themselves from the first men and the andals and the andals who were trying to pretty much annihilate them and take over westeros and which is the reason why they created the night king to fight for them and the night king was created through i think if i can remember through stabbing a piece of dragon glass through his heart and he hardened and he turned into the man with the arm you know if this guy played major league baseball you best believe he'd be the best pitcher because that arm when he threw that spear and smacked viserion right through his right through the face i think it was the eye if i can remember correctly that was what you call a throw that is what you call a throw so hopefully i am I am looking forward to the new episode and hopefully they, they finish it off right because that's as much as the fans deserve. So moving on to our next subject, our next topic is the NBA playoffs. Yay! For everyone who likes sports, the NBA playoffs has been somewhat of, um, I wouldn't say a disappointment because the games are exciting, but 
I miss LeBron James. You know, I am a massive LeBron James fan. My team is the Lakers. And before you guys start talking that smack, saying that I'm just, I'm a LeBron fan, I'll follow wherever he is. I was a Laker fan from a ripe young age of 13. I started playing NBA Live, those games, and the Lakers were always instantly my, my favorite pick because I was a big fan of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is one of my top three NBA players of all time, you know, Mamba mentality, you know, I, I loved everything about Kobe Bryant and his competitiveness and his drive and just who he was, you know, which is why I was, I really loved the Lakers and always have been a Lakers supporter. So when we landed LeBron James in the offseason, I was ecstatic. So I am really sad that my Lakers aren't in the playoffs, but we can take courage because there has been a lot of good games, a lot of good games. And me speaking of good games, did you guys watch, did you guys see the magic that Kawhi Leonard brought in that game seven against the 76ers? I mean, that's something, that's some, I'm really proud of what, what happened there because Kawhi is finally getting everything he deserves because he was ridiculed at the Spurs. You know, when he left the Spurs, he was called a quitter. My boy Skip Bayless was hating on him on Undisputed. And now Kawhi has kind of, you know, he's kind of grown into the player that we all love, the clutch player, the claw, as they may say. And in my opinion, the best two-way player in the game right now. So that was such an epic game to see Kawhi Leonard finally take over. And for Toronto, because Toronto, they thoroughly deserve this man. If there's any team in the NBA that deserves as much success for the hard work they've been putting in for the past few years, that is the Toronto Raptors, you know, and maybe they finally get to get to that spot because LeBron James has finally left the East. You know, he's not the best player in the East anymore. He's gone over to the West. But maybe that's because LeBron James is not there anymore because, I mean, LeBron James was the bane of every Toronto fan. You know, he had knocked them out of the playoffs a few times. So to see Toronto get to where they are now, I'm so happy, you know, and I'm so happy to see Kawhi Leonard get to where he is now because I am so ecstatic for the Toronto fans. So if there's any Toronto fans listening, just wanna let you know that I'm really happy for you guys and where you guys are heading to right now. But you guys do have a tough act to follow playing the Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the Greek freak who was playing so, so well, leading his Bucks, you know, beating the Celtics, who the Celtics who people th actually thought that we're going to be in the Eastern Conference Final. You know, with their stacked team, they've got Kyrie Irving, you know, they've got Gordon Haywood, they've got Terry Rozier, you know, they've got, um, uh, what's, what's the young kid's name? They've got Tatum there, you know, they've also got um, uh, Horford. They, they've got like such a good base to build on, but to see them not execute, and maybe that's because Kyrie has come and kind of taken them out of their rhythm because they did make the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, but I think maybe it may be a chemistry thing where the other players can't adapt to the way Kyrie hogs the ball. But it's sad to see the Celtics go out the way they did, but the Bucks are playing phenomenal basketball right now. You know, you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, you've got Chris Middleton just smashing those threes. You know, you've got Brooke Lopez who, who fought big, you know, has got some pretty decent shots on them. So to see the Bucks kind of climb to where they are now and to see a lot of their players, you know, George Hill playing the way he's playing, you know, where was that George Hill for the Cavs last season? I don't know, but maybe he's more comfortable in this box system. To see the box kind of grow and to grow behind a, a really humble and competitive player like Giannis Antetokounmpo, I am I am really, really happy to see the Bucks, you know, finally get their dues, you know, because they have been grinding and grinding to get to where they were now. And you know what? Moving on to the Western Conference, you know, it's good to see 
it's finally good to see Portland finally get the praise that they deserve because following it closely, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I wanted, I really wanted OKC to get in there and win against Portland because as you guys don't know from the first podcast, my little brother is a massive fan of the Oklahoma Thunder and they probably have been the biggest letdown of most of the teams out west because they have they have the talent you know they honestly do have the talent you know and Wasso Westbrook with his historic triple doubles and what he's been able to do um you know with the ball in hand and you know Paul George playing at like an MVP level until he kind of injured his shoulder you know they've got all these all these pieces that they just really need to put together and they've got you know the Kiwi lad the Tongan Kiwi lad stallion Stephen Adams playing out of his mind and They've got all these really good role players, and I just don't see why they can't put it together. You know, maybe it's because people are blaming Westbrook for his really bad shot selection, but I still feel Westbrook on a good day, you know, is still one of the best point guards in the league. And, you know, if he's not going to take the shots, a lot of people, a lot of people, role players in the Oklahoma Thunder team won't take the shots. So, you know, the fact that Russell Westbrook has the heart to take them and still misses but keeps on going, you got to take heart from that because at the end of the day, he is the star player, the franchise player. So I really do hope that they can get that stuff together and come back stronger next year. But for Golden State Warriors versus Portland now, I'm really happy that Portland kind of got to where they are now because Portland has always been a team that's been projected to reach the Western Conference Finals, but they've always just fallen short. But to see them get to where they are now and for them to play against Steph and Clay and Draymond and KD and Andre Iguodala, you know, it's, it's good to see that they finally get the matchup that I've been wanting to watch for a while and to see Portland play Golden State and the game had just finished a few hours ago and Golden State's up 2-0 but for Portland to get to that stage you know I am happy for their fan base because they do deserve to get much further in the Western Conference Western Conference Western Conference, Western Conference playoffs so I don't think anyone knew I don't think it was new news to anyone that Golden State was gonna most likely sweep them but it's kind of I think people are just shocked that Golden State Warriors are doing this without Steph Curry, oh Steph Curry, without Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant basically when you have Kevin Durant there's no way in hell that you're gonna lose a seven game a seven game match between the two and to have Kevin Durant out and for Steph Curry to come out and play like he's doing lights out over 30 points you know it's it's amazing because you go back to the 73 win team that didn't have Kevin Durant and you kind of see the chemistry that made the Warriors so good they can you know they distribute the ball well they defend well you know they're able to you know open the floor up with more spacing for them to be able to hit shots you know they they're more creative without kd but with kd it's kind of like a cheat code you know they're a better team with kd because you can always just pass him the ball and he can always win those iso plays so i'm really you know maybe we won't you know we won't and you know we won't enjoy the dynasty as much anymore if golden state keeps winning because as a Laker fan, I don't want to see the I don't want to see Golden State keep winning. I really want my Lakers to get in there. But I guess we'll appreciate the dynasty more when the dynasty finishes. So Golden State, keep doing your thing. I really do hope next year my Lakers can kind of make it interesting. Like really interesting because I think my Lakers deserve it. You know, now we've got LeBron James. I just hope that we you know, we just put some shooters around him, you know, because with what's going on, the turmoil that's going in there with us finally getting a new coach in Frank Vogel, you know, I was really hoping that Ty Lue could be our new coach because he has such good chemistry with LeBron James and 
I just, you know, I it's gone from turmoil to turmoil, and it's sad because Magic Johnson has just left. I've just left. He's left a little bit a while ago, and then Jeannie Bus, you know, being the owner this year, she, I don't think she knows basketball well, you know, and having Frank Palinka, you know, Palinka be the GM, you know, it's. I guess he's a Laker guy, anyways, because of Kobe. But I just honestly think, I just honestly wish that the Lakers management you know a little bit more sorted this time next season because i really feel that our team is a few players maybe one or two players and if we get anthony davis you know in the upcoming season i really do wish we do we will be a team that is going to be contesting the western conference final because we still have the best player in the world <sighs> moving on to the next topic and the next topic is gaming and if you guys didn't already know, we are a big Apex Legends fan, myself, if that makes any sense. But the group Nisians Gaming, we really do enjoy playing Apex Legends. And it's one of, it's probably our main game that we are playing right now. And Apex Legends has been one of those games that falls into the genre of Battle Royale games. And it's, it's, not, it's not a new thing. A lot of games, especially the pioneers of the games like PUBG and HC, I think HZ1Z, I think that's... Uh, I can't, I can't remember if that's the name. I think that's the name of their Battle Royale game. And you've got maybe the most popular Battle Royale game or one of the most popular games in the world, Fortnite. You know, so Apex Legends has 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 kind of slowed down, you know, because I remember the hype that Apex Legends was. You know, a lot of people did play Apex Legends. And to see, like, the thing I like to, to compare Apex Legends to other games like Battle Royale games is that when you play Apex Legends, you know, you and well in my opinion you know you still feel that you can win the game even though you can't win the game just like that but you feel like you have a chance and that's the feeling i get because the difference between that fortnite if you can't build in fortnite you're getting your ass whooped i mean you just your ass is gonna be whoop 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 and there's no chance for you to win but with apex i feel like you always there's always that chance of you winning because the game feels winnable that makes any sense which is why which why i think it's such a brilliant fps shooter but hearing news coming out like coming out from different news sources like kotaku and the verge and you know pc games in that a lot of people are complaining about apex legends in terms of the way that it's distributing content because it's been i mean it's only one one i think only one only one battle pass pack and one season pass has been out so far and for the you know it's it's lacking in content and i feel like if this game goes through down that way where it's going to take ages to develop content i feel like people are going to forget the game but what you can take promise um promise in there and take premise in that is that them taking their time to develop a better game is the best way to go with things because i've always felt in my opinion that it's more better to take your time on a game, regardless of how long it takes to release, than to rush a game. I know we've seen the controversy that happened with a lot of games that's been rushed, you know, like we've always thought that Destiny 2 was a rushed game. I mean, look at how that turned out. I know the new Fallout was a rushed game and look at how that turned out. I know Anthem was a rushed game and look how that turned out. So the fact that Apex Legends is maybe, it's like their content creators, the community, uh, managers come out and said that they are one they are wanting to take their time to develop the game you know develop and that that's that's a good thing i've always thought that that's a good thing that they've come out be honest telling you guys that we're going to take our time to develop 
the game, you know, and give you guys what you guys deserve and work on a much better product. I mean, that's the way games are meant to be designed. You know, you give yourself the chance to make the game a better game. But and there's I think that other news was that EA was wanting to bring Apex Legends to mobile. I mean, please don't do that, EA. If you're listening now and if there's a representative listening to me now, please don't do that. I mean, I understand that Fortnite has been a big hit and Fortnite and PUBG were able to make the transition to mobile to kind of touch that audience with mobile. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, mobile gaming, in my opinion, is going to be just as big or if not bigger than traditional gaming on console and PC because playing on your mobile is so easily accessible. I know that because I play a game on my phone quite a bit. Like I'm, I play a video game on my phone called Game of Thrones Conquest, <laughs> and basically it's it's a game where you, it's similar to Clash of Clans, where you kind of build your keep, you build up soldiers, you build up your wall, you make alliances, you go and fight others for, you know, for the, to win land, etc., etc. But it's also got a pay-to-win system, in there. and games like that are fine on mobile. But to have games like that, maybe with the bit, may oh, I mean. If you develop better phones that can handle it, I guess it's okay. But I think for the core, for you know, for core gaming, if you design a product and you design it really well, why do you need to move it to mobile? You know, to, to it's it's more like a money hunger thing, more of a profit thing for developers like EA or publishers like EA to move it to mobile. But I feel that if your game's successful on one platform, I I think it's better to sit there, focus on it, and just continue to grow it because i feel like when you start to kind of try and dilute the game to you know move it to other you know to other platforms like mobile you know you're really taking away the experience of what a game like apex legend is meant to feel like playing it on a nice screen and a controller in hand i know there are a lot of mobiles where you can actually use a controller but i mean that's just more electronics that's going to consume the human mind consume yourself and i've always thought that gaming should be kept to the console and the PC and the phone should be just the phone. And if you want to play video games on the phone, you can play games that aren't really, that aren't, that you know, that isn't trying to suck money away from you like Apex Legends. I know games like Game of Thrones Conquest and Clash of Clans do suck money out of you, but I mean, it, it's not a game that you can play on PC or a game that you can play, you know, on your PS4, your console, you know, so I guess they stick to their own arena. but. Hearing the news that Apex Legend it wants to go to mobile, I mean, I mean, if the I know the audience and the consumers are there, but if it's a money, if it's a money-driven thing like most video games are, then I guess that is validation for them to move over, move over to it. According to Kotaku, a, a lot of players want better and cheaper skins, and to be honest with you, I do agree that apex legends skins are just horrible honestly they're horrible if you look at the way the skins are formatted it's it's like this you you get the purple selection like the legendary selections and it's pretty much the same color the same color skin across all your legends and i mean come on <laughs> come on respawn i mean i'm i hope you're not trying to let ea get away this is ea's way of you know trying to monopolize the market again you know i i really want you guys to please put your foot down and come out with some better skins honestly because a lot of players nowadays will pay you will pay you and will honestly pay good money to have a really decent looking skin i know i will even though i'm in octane you know um you've got some beautiful skins for octane but your legendary skins they 
your purple skins if that makes any sense they they don't look good at all they're just different colors i mean a little bit creativity and a, and easier way to obtain them i mean you've got crafting materials i mean that's the that's probably the stinkest way to buy the skins because the crafting materials you don't come by it easily like uh, it's all right that you come by easily but i mean it's like the drop rates for crafting materials when they do drop they don't give you much like at least if it's gonna drop i i want it to drop as much as as you know as 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 the red apex points that you get like if you can drop as much like that then i guess that's a more viable option because you know i had some left over that i was able to buy the hero octane with you know as you keep leveling up so if you get crafty materials should be brought you know should be brought and it should be spent like that which i hope you guys do in the near future but i mean obtaining these crafting materials man it's it takes bloody long leaning into the battle pass you know I, I i have heard of um you know respawn and ea coming up with a new battle pass very soon with a new character and what i want to what i want to talk about is that how they can make the battle pass better because for some reason this battle pass that the first battle pass just seems so empty seems too bland because you look at fortnite's you know fortnite's battle pass system you know there's a lot of fun things there where the rewards in that you know at least the rewards there they give you good looking stuff but for here you get like i mean who wants a who wants a, a awesome epic skin on a mozambique maybe there are the two percent that like the mozambique you know but i just kind of feel like the selection and you know the prize and the options that you get for the skins that you get on the guns and apex legends are just i mean horrible just complete horrible so maybe you guys can work on a better you know maybe a better battle pass system with better rewards um you know that will be much appreciated but i do want to just i do want to give praise to where it's you know with drew because i really do think apex legends is a really really fun game to play and to be honest i really really enjoy it you know i love the concepts of the armor the different types of armor um it's different abilities that gives you it isn't just like a generic like you know sponging gun like bullet sponging type armor but you know it's got different abilities a little things like that you know i really do enjoy within the game so apex legends is probably is, is my favorite battle royale game you know i really do enjoy it you know unlike blackout and unlike um these other battle royales you know i really do feel apex because it reminds me of titanfall and if you guys didn't know the story i was originally a playstation player it wasn't until titanfall was releasing that i moved to the xbox to play on the xbox and it was only because of the game titanfall that i thought that game was a game changer you know everyone was calling it the call of duty killer and for a brief moment for the first month that was pretty much where it was because who does not like shooting people up and then you look to the heavens and you clench your hand and you call down a titan and you jump inside this massive mecha robot and you just start destroying everyone i mean what what can fill up your testosterone levels like that and which is why I really enjoyed Titanfall. And it was the sad to see that Titanfall died out so fast and Titanfall 2 died out even faster. So I am really happy with the respawn and what Vince Sampella is doing with the company. So I would really do wish the best for Apex Legends. And to finish off the podcast, there is one thing that I really, really, really want to talk about. And that is the comparisons for game of the year between Red Dead Redemption and God of War. And I may be, I just may be out of the 1% that think Game of War actually did deserve to win Game of the Year. 
and that is because i feel like like i feel like god of war ever since its um inception up until the to to the latest god of war has always had a beautiful way of progressing through the games and when i say that i mean it not only through the character of kratos but also the story you know and when i found out that there were with this new god of war that they were heading towards the norse mythology i mean i crowded i cried out to the heavens because i am such a massive fan of norse mythology you know thor odin loki freya you know the whole shebang you know i'm a massive fan of you know norse mythology and you know seeing these different characters and seeing how they kind of merged greek mythology into norse mythology and that little twist at the end oh my god when you find out you know spoiler alert please if you have not completed the game god of war please do not listen to this part right now that i'm that i'm about to spoil but when you find out that atreus is loki that just my mind is blown my mind was just completely blown i stood up and i looked at this tv and i started screaming you know and i threw my controller on the bed and i was just punching the air because that was so brilliant i mean the whoever was the directive writer creative writer in this realm or whoever created you know the scripting and the story and the building of it i mean hats off to you guys because you guys did a really marvelous job because I mean, I was shocked, you know, because you kind of, I was kind of wondering, like, well, you meet Thor here, you meet Freya, you meet Boulder, you know, you, you they hear them talking about Odin, but you don't hear Loki. So when it goes, and when you go to the end, when you climb up, you know, the highest peak in all of the realms, I think it's Niflheim, is it the land of the giants? Was that Niflheim? No, I don't think it's Niflheim. Or was it? No, it's not Halheim. No, I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to say some kind of Heim. But when you get to the highest peak and you distribute your mother's ashes and then you find out that the mother wanted Atreus to be named Loki, I mean, that's, that's just blew my mind. And even though in Greek mythology, Loki, Loki, you know, Loki isn't the son of Kratos, you know, that's just, that's, that's just fictional writing there for everyone who, who's trying to, who's actually believing it. But Loki to be in that position and see Atreus as his actual name, who's a half god, half human. Oh no, half god, half giant. If I may, if I may, if I may say so, that is epic, you know. And that was, I still kind of feel that that was the best thing in that game, you know. And everything from the way they used the camera shots, where the camera didn't transition to another camera without leaving the player side, that was a beautiful thing to add to a game, you know. And it came for a brief moment where I saw the interview where they interviewed, um, you know, the game director of God of War, and it showed him crying because he could not believe the praise that this game was getting. And I mean, cry all you want, mate, because it was such a beautiful game that you've made, mate. I honestly really do think that God of War did deserve the game of the year. You know, I did try out Red Dead Redemption. I tried out probably, I think, about three, four hours of the game. And because I wasn't well-versed with the game before it, you know, I played this and it was slow and boring maybe like for people who enjoy westerns and maybe enjoys that kind of level of um you know level of how should i say this you know i don't want to say the wrong word for people who enjoy that type of slowness when you first play the game then you know i i don't get how it's easily enjoyable for someone to just pick it up but the, the difference is I, I know a lot of people that haven't played the god of war franchises but they've just picked up the game and started playing it 
they found it so fun the combat system was easy to pick up and you know you getting to fight the valkyries for certain challenges i mean it was just a well put together game and the, the small dialogues that atreus and kratos have when you know they're just you know rowing the boat and kratos is telling them stories of his childhood i mean those were the best moments you know because a lot of people think that this is not valued anymore but the small things you get the small things right we noticed them it's it's a small thing i know that a lot of people a lot of game producers and a lot of publishers you know overlook and developers but the small things really matter and those small conversations that atreus had with his father you know i really really enjoyed it because you seen the character grow throughout their journey you know the journey to distribute their mom's ashes in the highest peak and you know in the entire you know the entire universe and to see the progression of atreus to what he was it even got to a point where he reached a dark point where he thought that because he was a half god he can do whatever he wanted and he could rule the world but for kratos to just you know slap him and say look boy 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 look boy this ain't the way that you want to do it and the best scene honestly the best one of the best scenes is when boulder is trying to walk past kratos to go and kill his mom freya and Kratos looks at Boulder and tells him, vengeance is, you know, vengeance is not satisfying. Vengeance will not quench your first. And I think there's other words, but, you know, to see Kratos kind of grow from the character has, that he was being vengeful, like killing Zeus and fighting the gods of Olympus and getting to where he was. And for him to finally admit that vengeance is not a path that will fulfill you. I mean, damn, that was strong. That that was a lot of that was, that was a lot of zeal to what Kratos said. So when Boulder turned around and just pretty much disregarded what he said, and then Boulder gets the ass whoop whoop whoop. He gets the ass whoop whoop whoop. Gets that ass whoop whoop whoop. I mean that was a brilliant thing. And to see Kratos in his fury and his fire, I mean, <sighs> I mean I'm a fanboy because Game of War is 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 one of my all time favorite games, and I was so ecstatic because me i think i was only one or two percent that actually backing it for you know to win game of the year because red dead redemption pretty much cleaned up every other award at the game awards i mean it won like um i think won like best music and it won almost everything else but i think the music god award deserves like deserved it as well but this game of oh god game of god of war actually won the most important one you know one game of the year so i am really really happy and to the guys at santa monica studios i want to thank you guys for blessing us with this beautiful game that is god of war and for all the work that you continue to do for people who really love the game so that brings us to the end of this episode of this podcast for this blah 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 blah, blah to the end of the podcast and i know i just mouthed out a fool but i hope the end of this podcast you can kind of see the directive of where we are going to take this because not only we are nerds we are lovers of sport not only with the fact that we're lovers of sport we just we we like to talk about anything and everything but it's you know it's a it's 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 enjoyment for me to be able to just to, to let out everything i've been wanting to say so i hope you guys do I hope you guys do find this format kind of a easy way to kind of follow through or to kind of listen to what we talk about but there will be more different topics coming up in the next few days maybe a podcast tomorrow the day after but i will be researching steadily to find really good topics to discuss and if there is anything and i mean it if there's anything that you want us to talk about or to talk on 
please feel free to let us know via you know via our instagram at nesians gaming that's n-e-s-i-a-n-z gaming or let us know through our facebook our facebook which is the same as our instagram nesians gaming or you know you can either reach us on twitter as well the same at nesians gaming and we can get back to you with those we can get back to you and reply to you straight away but it'll be really awesome if we can get your your recommendations if there's anything that you want to talk about like i said it can be in the realms of sport the realms of moving television anime can be you name it you know you name it we'll talk about it but with all that being said and done i just want to thank you if you've reached the end of this podcast and you've actually been listening to me talking and yammering i really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this whether you're folding your washing having a coffee having a nice cold beer like i like i am right now i'm having a nice cold beer or you're watching tv or just having it in the background is white noise that i thank you for choosing to listen to us right now but you know what that's all from me my name is ricky senpai and stay tuned for the next episode in the podcast cheers